We're back again, and today we have a special guest on the show, Tara Casagrande. Tara is a cervical cancer survivor, and through her diagnosis and recovery, has embarked on a journey of self-care and gratitude through yoga and mindfulness. She's here to share her story and tell about an exciting event happening soon. Tara, welcome to the show. Well, Tara, thank you for coming on to the show. We're so excited to have you. Um, so let's talk about first your, you know, let's start from the beginning. Let's talk about your diagnosis, when you were diagnosed, how this all journey kind of really started for you. Yes, thanks, Jocelyn. I'm so happy to be here. And it's nice to connect with you. Let's see, it started when we were pregnant with our second child and our son was a year, our, our oldest son was a year and a half old. And I went in for a pregnancy wellness test. Um, and I went, I got a call after that. I had had a pap done and they called me and told me I had an abnormal pap. Oh no. Yeah. So by the time I was around 11 weeks um, pregnant, um, we had a diagnosis of adenocarcinoma and um, it was glandular in situ. And that was kind of the beginning. So 11 weeks pregnant, glandular cancer, um, adenocarcinoma. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I couldn't even fathom, right? Because you're 11 weeks, you're just like, giddy and happy and all of a sudden this like bombshell drops on you mm -hmm. and to top it off so the doctor right away after doing a leap procedure recommended um for me to have an abortion and a radical hysterectomy right away oh my goodness yeah. oh my goodness so i mean with all of that i mean how what, what was your going through your mind at this time? I mean, emotions and everything. I mean, from this giddiness, like we said, all the way to bombshell. I mean, how did you, you know, get through that? And what, what, what steps did you take during your diagnosis? There were a lot of emotions. I have to say I was frightened. Mm -hmm. I was confused because I'd had clear paps my entire life. Um, I had, I, interestingly, I was thinking about this. Um, I felt guilty and, mm -hmm. you know, that it was my fault in some way because it's a sexually mm -hmm. transmitted disease. But I also turned that to like determination. I was determined to educate myself and try to figure out how to best care for myself and for the baby. That's great. So what, what so after, after you've kind of, you've gone through this, Role culture of emotions. What was what did you end up doing? I mean, what like let our list, you know, our listeners will kind of want to know. I mean, you you just bombshell now. And what so what what steps did you take afterwards? So I decided to get a well, we decided, my husband and I together, to get a second opinion and then mm -hmm. also a third. So we live in the uh DC area and district of Columbia in Alexandria, Virginia. And we went to Georgetown hospital, got mm -hmm. a second opinion. And that doctor recommended pretty much the same thing. 
and then eventually found a doctor at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, Dr. Monts, and he looked at me and he said, what do you want? Oh. And it was this kind of first moment of, he was the first person to ever ask me what I really wanted. Uh That's amazing. And I really, I, we, I didn't know exactly at that point what I wanted, but he was willing to listen. And he said, I will work with you on what you decide. And we ultimately came to this place of, I want to have this baby. Um, uh, so bring the baby to term uh-huh. and around 38 weeks when her lungs were formed and to have a radical hysterectomy right after and to maintain my ovaries. So that was the course of action that we ended up taking. And the results, fast forwarding a little bit to now the results. Yeah. So uh, she was born on September 17th, 2001, right wow. after 9-11. So it was an interesting time in the world. Right. She was a healthy baby. And um, three days later, I was released from the hospital. It was my I think 33rd birthday and no cancer had traveled to oh, my yay. <laughs> And uh, I was, so there was no further treatment. I was able to nurse her, bring her home. And really it was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting journey to get there. I, I did a lot sort of after, right. like during the pregnancy that uh-huh. I can talk to you about. Yeah. Um, but it so, was, yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, first of all, I mean, go from telling you to have an abortion and have a hysterectomy and lose the baby at 11 weeks to carrying the baby to practically full term healthy. And you leave the hospital three days later, cancer free. I mean, I, I don't even under, I don't even know how to comprehend the roller coaster ride of those months of like trying to figure out how to get to that 38 weeks, right from 11 weeks. But I, I'm just so happy to hear that now your daughter, and I know, you know, we, we've chatted before, but I know that your daughter is now uh, in college, right? At Stanford. Uh-huh. So yeah. yay. I mean, this is it's such a miracle. And I'm so happy to hear that. Um, but you mentioned about, you know, just, just passing, you mentioned about like the, the journey that you took during this time from 11 weeks to 38 weeks of giving birth to her. And that, how what a journey you embarked on to get to that, you know, getting healthy, getting um changing your lifestyle. And so let's talk about that. This this new and I think you mentioned uh we we talked about this it, like a holistic lifestyle that you created for yourself during this time. Um why don't you share with our listeners what you what what was what entailed in that lifestyle change? Mm-hmm. Well, it was really interesting because there was not a lot that Western medicine could offer me during that time, like you're saying, from 11 weeks to 38 weeks. So it offered me this chance to kind of delve into, I almost call it like complementary medicine, uh, a more holistic approach. I knew that I was going to have the radical hysterectomy and I still worked with um, Johns Hopkins and the doctors there. And Uh, I took on a macrobiotic diet. So I was very healthy in terms of my eating a really clean diet, Mm -hmm. Uh, not a lot of sugars. Um, I ate fish, uh, not a lot of cheese, just really, really clean diet. Okay. Um, I also 
worked with a Reiki, an energy, a Reiki healer, an energy healer. Um, I had never done anything like this before. And that she had me doing visualizations where the baby actually danced on my cervix and, and kind of brought me into this a little bit woo woo world, I have to say. And um, I did yoga. Uh, I also did massage. It was probably the most self-care that I've ever given to myself um, in my lifetime. Oh. And I did everything. My, my mantra was to keep my immune system high mm-hmm. so that the cancer cells wouldn't um, duplicate and while she was growing and to make sure that, uh, yeah, we both stayed healthy during this time. So let's, t- let's take a step back to m- a macrobiotic diet. What did you mentioned? It was a lot of fish, no cheese. Um, mm. What else did it entail? Cause I, I, I'm curious to see, like, was it a lot of, um, you know, juices, greens, you know, clean, like, what do you mean by clean eating? Yeah, so great question. Uh, it was, it wasn't juicing in, okay. but, but a lot of like health, fresh vegetables. Okay. Um, I made my own hummus. Oh. We did cook with a lot of oils. We cooked like very minimally with oils and fats. Um, it was interesting. If I went out to a restaurant, I actually didn't feel great because of the way the restaurant food was that my, mm. my diet was so clean. Um, does that make sense? The, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, healthy, fresh fruits, vegetables, actually not a ton of food because of the sugars, but okay. it's also eating in harmony with nature. What available at that time. Got it. Interesting. And I love this visualization of your daughter bouncing and jumping on your <laughs> cervix. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a great thing to have. Like, just let's just bounce this cancer out, right? Let's just get this cancer out. I mean, that, that must have been such a great and this massage, I would, I mean, I would love a massage every week if I could, you know, that I mean that that total self care, I think that was great. And I love the fact that you call this complementary, right, to the Western medicine, you know, so it wasn't that you were giving up Western medicine, but you were using it together in harmony. So that way, you can utilize both, right, both, you know, health cares that you had. Um, you know, I know that you mentioned you, you talked to John Hopkins, like you talked to your Dr. Mott during this time, Did, was he um, open to the idea of Western medicine? Because I know sometimes some doctors are closed about it. So what, what, what was your experience with that? With Eastern medicine, you know, I, I didn't take at the time any herbs or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I did. I mean, I can't understand why a doctor would be really against massage or energy healing. None of it was really invasive. And so he, he was open. I mean, he was probably one of the most open doctors that I could think of, but um, he, he called himself a libertarian. So, I, but I can understand people's struggles when they're going right. through a cancer diagnosis, just with doctors kind of looking at this and questioning it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just took it in terms of nothing seemed to be too invasive or harmful in any way. And if people thought it didn't work, I was someone that just decided I'm going to believe that this will work. Got it. Got it. Um, So now we, we have your daughter, she's born healthy and you had your hysterectomy. 
talk about talk to us about after the hysterectomy. You know, I mean, your daughter's home now, your home now. You went through this very very roller coaster out of a journey to get there. Um, you know, after the hysterectomy, because I just had a hysterectomy in September, uh, last September, and it was it was, I I again I didn't think it was going to be that that emotional, right? I thought, okay, it's gone. We're good. I'm cancer free. Like we're done. But I didn't realize this emotional aspect of it. Like it's gone. Like it's really gone. And you're having to like go through this. And it, it was a little different. So I was wanting to get your opinions on or your thoughts. Like what was your experience after this? Right. Cause you have this beautiful baby and you're just, I, I bet you're just thrilled beyond belief to have her in your arms and you know, and you have your, what, he's probably about two at this time, maybe almost mm-hmm, two. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you have this beautiful family, but at the same time, you had a hysterectomy, you went through cancer, and now you're cancer-free, which is great. But how did you feel afterwards? That's a great question. I kind of say that I have this belief that hindsight is twenty twenty. I think at the time, there was, I had this package, this beautiful, I'd been through so much and I had this beautiful baby and I was nursing her and I had a one and a half year old. So I think a lot of parents can kind of understand that I was momming and, and taking care of little ones. So there wasn't a lot of time for like journaling and reflection and Mm -hmm. grieving over the loss of my uterus. Um, Definitely in hindsight now, um, I, I definitely think about that. One of the things I shared with you when we when we worked uh, spoke earlier was that we actually adopted a child. We yes. went on to have a third child. Right. So I think that was interesting. Just this acknowledgement that I want a bigger family. We had talked about at that time having a bigger family, and so. We, we decided to go through a different avenue to have our th- bring our third mm-hmm. child into our life. So not a lot of self-reflection or grief. I mean, there was the physical pain and taking time. I know I did a walk for breast cancer. I, do, I went into a little bit of like a fundraising mode and now I was a cancer survivor, mm-hmm. um, those kinds of things. And, and then I also, there was this mantra of keep my immune system high and continue to do the yoga and, and also be spiritually curious, you know, a little bit curious about what just happened. You know, I did all this energy work in this Western, you know, is that what healed me? Um, So yeah, yeah. it was, it was an interesting time of life. I was young. I bet with two young kids. Now Mm -hmm. I know that you started yoga during your pregnancy. So, um, and I know that you, that kind of spawned this love of yoga, right? During your pregnancy. And I know yoga has so many just beautiful um, benefits beyond just spiritual and health and, you know, just getting yourself healthy, not just exercising strength and, and build, but this beautiful spiritual part of it as well. And I know that you started the yoga studio shortly after, right? I mean, after the, you know, after you went through this journey, So, you know, how did you decide on opening? I mean, you had two young kids, you know, you just, you just overcame cancer and now you're deciding, you know what, I'm going to start a yoga studio. So what, (laughs) what made you go to this? Like, I'm going to do this. Well, 
It did happen right away. It, okay. it, there was a little bit of a time before I started the yoga studio. I ended up going to yoga when the kids were little, whenever I could make time to get to mm-hmm. a studio and really enjoyed it. And then we ended up taking a year when the kids were little. So our youngest, Tay, uh, was three at the time. And we moved to Costa Rica to a town called Nosara. And it turns out that there were two teachers there that were amazing. And I did uh, a yoga teacher training there. It was a month long, very intensive. And there I had a lot of reflections around my cancer. I actually realized, you know, the guilt I had around it being a sexually transmitted disease, HPV causing it. There was a lot that kind of exploded out of me during this really intense time. And then I moved back to, we moved back to Alexandria after a year in Costa Rica And I started teaching privately to friends and and the teachers at our kids' school. And eventually, I had this almost dreamlike vision Mm -hmm. that I needed to open a studio. It needed to be in Alexandria. And that it would really come from this healthy aspect of yoga. And so that's what I ended up doing. I have a business background. I have my MBA. I worked in sales and marketing for a while. So I took those skills and my Mm -hmm. yoga teacher training. I kind of combined them to create this studio. And I think it's also my, my draw. I was thinking about this question and my draw to yoga was when I learned about yoga, yoga is inquiry. Who am I? And I think having this mortality sort of brought to me at a very young age in my early thirties, facing my mortality, Mm -hmm. I became curious about these kind of questions. Who am I? And then the mind body connection between, um, you know, we say yoga links the mind and the body and the, and the bridge is the breath. And so Mm -hmm. I became really curious and more in tuned, I think, to my body, my thoughts, uh, my way of being. I had this preconceived notion that I was healthy. I was an athlete. I was a young mom. All these kinds of things, and that was a little bit blown away. Like, am I really taking care of myself mentally, emotionally, all of those things? I think that's amazing to come that that epiphany that you have because honestly, all of us do that, right? I think, especially moms, right? We go full speed, 100, 100 miles ahead. And we're constantly going and we don't take the time to really even consider, are we okay physically? Are we okay emotionally or mentally, you know? And it's so important to be able to stop and pause for a minute and really consider that, you know? And, and especially like you said, you, I bet it was such a shock to your system, right? To just even think about your mortality. I mean, at that young age, no one kind of considers mortality, right? We're like, this is, we're at the top of our game. You know, we're, we're going through, this is life. It's barely starting. You know, we have kids and to just come to a moment to think I might not be here. You know, that is such a powerful thought that, I mean, it does spawn and, 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 you know, gives that motivation and inspiration to kind of stop for a minute and really reconsider what really is important in our lives, you know, at the time. And I'm so glad that you found, you know, yoga. And it's, I, I tried to do it, but I think it's for me, I need more training on it, right? I need to, like you said, I need that balance between my body, my mind and my breath. 
and I'm so excited, but you know, I, we'll, we're going to talk about it a little later that you have something special coming up for a survivor, but um, you know, I wanted to also ask you what type of yoga, because I think you went through the yoga when you were pregnant. So that is the, I guess it's the pregnancy yoga. Like there are different types of yoga that you could do in different lives in, in your lifestyle. So I was trying to see what, you know, what your thoughts are, what you recommend to certain patients out there are, you know, cancer survivors or who are in, who are inpatient, what you recommend during that time, because you went through very different, uh, all these different types of yoga during your life, your lifespan. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that you were talking about that it, yoga hasn't kind of caught you yet. And a lot of people have that, that, that yeah. sort of feeling I say that yoga is like ice cream, that there are hundreds of flavors and that you can easily go to a class and be like, this isn't for me. And sometimes it, it could just be the voice of a teacher or it could mm -hmm. be the setting, or maybe you didn't feel safe or different things like that. I really encourage people to try out, you know, ask people about a teacher in their neighborhood or a studio that they enjoy and why they like it or a particular class, because mm -hmm. there are so many different flavors of yoga. And I was thinking about this question a lot too, because we typically think of very athletic yoga and, you know, there are so many different forms. Um, there's restorative yoga where a teacher can guide you and you lay on your back and just take positions for a long time. Some people want to run out of the room because their mind's racing. That may not be for you, right. but that also, so yoga works on the nervous system. So teaching you to like, to rest, to let go, to let go mm -hmm. of fight or flight. And so yin yoga, which actually has its roots more in um, Asia, it's, it's a, it's holding postures for a longer time. So uh, gentle yoga, I mean, you could go to a gentle yoga class and, and feel like it's a stretch class, you know, some twists. Breath work is such an essential part of yoga and sometimes le gets left behind in some classes. Mm -hmm. So finding teachers that are really good at guiding breath work. Um, as we know, like three deep, breaths can let go of your fight or flight. They can, mm -hmm. it can relax you or, or there's all kinds of scientific information about all of yeah. this. And if you're a real yang person, then maybe you need that class that like has the loud music and the teachers like, go, go, go. And you uh -huh. need to move that energy. So it depends on the person. Um, but I think and I can see myself doing a whole bunch of them, right? Like some days <laughs> I'm like, I'm high and I want like that, you know, that crazy yoga. And then, and then I, I want, sometimes I really need to work on just breathing because I've had an anxious week and I'm just like, you know what, I need to really focus. So I can see doing multiple ones, right? Because then it's, you don't have to just stick to one. You can try different ones and, and it depends on not just the person, but the day even, like what you're feeling that day. And I love the fact, and I know that you're, you're, when you had your yoga studio, you, you had so many different options for clients, right? Just for the community, you even had men's yoga, you had, I, I mean, and you did teach teachers, but I'm guessing there was children's, you know, yeah, I mean, and kids I, yoga, curvy body yoga, we tried to be very 
inclusionary of everyone. Yeah. I think that's great. And I love the fact that you talked about different yogas because I feel like everyone just thinks yoga is there's one specific set, you know, and that you have to do this set. And I, I feel like for me, sometimes when I went to the yoga studio, I felt intimidated because I couldn't get my body to, to bend or to do that. And then I, I felt a little failed at some times, but then I remember the um, trainer that was there was like, no, it's okay. You have to do with what you can do. So eventually you'll get there, but you start off because your body's never bended that way before. So you can't automatically think. So I love this fact that it's, it's kind of that progression, you know, and it's, it's this beautiful kind. And I, and I, I'm very guilty of my breath. I'm so guilty. Like I always hold my breath and, I remember they were saying, it's just your nervousness. You have to just let go because once you let go, you'll start to breathe normally, you know, but I'm guilty of the breath. So I should definitely take that breathing. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the only one. I mean, so many people it's when things are hard, Mm -hmm. we we tend to hold our breath. Right. So, and then a lot of people will say, well, I'm not flexible. Well, no, you may not be in the beginning, but you work on that flexibility and it it, it can be hard. It can be, you can feel like you're not doing well. And we also talk about the mind body relationship with that. Mm -hmm. What happens when something gets hard or you're not good at something or, you know, right. Right. And so since we're talking about this mind body, I know that your second part of your journey was uh, mindfulness. And I know mindfulness is such a, 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 a great topic right now because it, it kind of really coincides with that breathing body and mind connection. So um, tell us about this next journey that you took with mindfulness. So you've done the yoga studio, you have the kids, they're all growing and healthy. And now you've decided let's, let's go on a new journey with mindfulness. Uh-huh. Well, it was interesting when the pandemic hit, um, I made a choice after a year of going online to, shut down the studio, and I needed something to anchor myself. So Tara Brock and Jack Hornfield offer a two-year mindfulness and meditation teacher certification program. So I decided to sign up, and that could anchor me through this time. It was pretty emotional. And uh, that began my journey into meditation and mindfulness. I've always been curious and, and worked with it a little bit, but to become a teacher, I always think to know something really well. Uh teaching it really, really helps. Yes. And you asked me, you asked me about a definition of Mm -hmm. mindfulness. And I love my teacher Tara Brock's definition. And so I'm going to share it. Okay. It's a way of paying attention moment to moment to what's happening within and around us without judgment. Hmm. I like that definition. You want me to repeat it? Yes, please. I think I want you to hear that. A way of paying attention moment to moment to what's happening within and around us without judgment. I love the last part of without judgment, right? I think that's the part that I think we have, I think many people have an issue with where it's just, you start to analyze and judge everything that's happening around you without just letting it happen. 
right? Because mm-hmm. we, I think we're, we're in tune to kind of prevent or try to guide or try to do things, but hardly do we ever just let things happen the way they're supposed mm-hmm. to happen and just stand back and more observe and just, you know, try to just be in that moment. I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people um, to do that. Um, so you, so are, so you're in this two years. Are, are you almost, how, how is this going? I mean, you know, how is this whole class and this journey going? Um, and tell us about the practice of it. You know, I know we, we talked, we just mentioned the definition, um, but how does one really practice mindfulness? Mm, great question. I'll graduate in January. Okay. So I'm uh, more than halfway full, through. We're asked to do two practicums during that time. So I've accomplished one of the practicums and the second one will be, we'll talk about that a little bit later. So this journey has been easy and difficult all at the same time. I think that, you know, someone says, oh, just sit and notice your thoughts and that's no problem. And I would say I, like many other people, have a really hard time sitting my mind is always going and to prioritize it has been difficult I think I was drawn to yoga because there's movement Mm -hmm. and then there's stillness for a little bit at the end and I loved that part but I needed to move in order to be still I'm not a still person (laughs) I can relate to that okay yes um what I loved, what I love about this course is that Tara and Jack really create space to say, mindfulness can be anything. You can do a walking meditation, you can lay down, you can sit down, you can stand. Uh, so there's, it's not the picture that you have of a monk sitting on a really hard stool <laughs> in their robes with a candle in front and staying there all day, that there's so many ways to experience mindfulness and meditation. Mm-hmm. And for example, this summer, I have not had an, a place as much to be able to sit. So I've been doing a lot of walking meditation. So I put my phone aside, I take off my Apple watch and I, I just go and I notice my thoughts going to, you know, what am I going to make for dinner? But then I come back and notice the beauty of the trees or a bird that might be flying or the green color versus the texture of the trunk, different things like that. Um, If sitting doesn't feel good one day or you're too sleepy, can you stand and simply meditate? Maybe eyes open or eyes closed, um, laying down. Maybe sometimes it just, your, your back doesn't feel great. And uh, I love, they have this kind of way of saying, you know, just put your hands up and if you fall asleep, your, your palms will fall onto you and that mm-hmm. will wake you up. Um, so there's this vastness in terms of what to think about in terms of meditation and mindfulness that's really inspired me to share this with people. Cause almost everyone we meet says, I'm not good at it. It's difficult. I can't make time for it. Um, And I do love this vision that I have of at some point in the future, we just like brushing our teeth in the morning, we will not leave the house until we've taken a little bit of time to just sit and to be. 
with ourselves. I think that's great because I, I feel like the same thing. I, I was raised a Buddhist and I was told I have to say, you know, part of the Buddhism tradition or religion is there's part of that meditation during um, teaching, you know, to kind of be in the moment, take it all in and you sit there. And for, I get, you know, a five or six year old, try to get them to sit for 10 minutes quietly closing their eyes to breathe and it's very difficult so of course I grew up to not really appreciate it as much as I should and then I remember I was uh, I started commuting to work and I was driving and I had the music off I had the radio off and I would just drive and it would be dark and you know my mind would just kind of wander but I would just be in this quiet zone of driving and for a while, after a while, I learned to enjoy it because it was really my time. There was nobody talking to me. There was no loud music. It was just me in the car by myself. And it was kind of just very peaceful, you know, just to like, and yes, like you said, my mind would wander. What am I cooking for dinner? Or what am I going to do when I get to the office? But then I was brought back to this point. And I remember talking to my therapist about it. And she goes, you know, that you just started meditating, right? Like, mm. you, and I said, no, that's not, that can't be because I'm driving and she goes no but there there really isn't a right or wrong way I mean there's structure yes like you said but you can just sit and just drive and you're driving but your mind is in this moment of present and clarity and that mm -hmm. right there is meditation and mm -hmm. so I thought oh okay so I am doing it so I was doing it for an hour a day like on the commute there um but then I learned that you really don't have that traditional sit cross-legged with your hands on your legs, you know, like, and you don't have to do that. So I started to appreciate this, the mindfulness and meditation more, because that like, it, it felt like I could do it without being forced to do it, right. And like you said, it would be great to just do it just automatically, you know, where you're not forced to do it. And it becomes this daily practice just in just part of your life, just like brushing your teeth, like you said. Mm -hmm. And like a tool, I love, there's just so many different forms, like a mantra, just where are you in life? Maybe you need to say a mantra, like I love myself, or mm. maybe um, for cancer survivors, I am healthy, I am strong, and just repeating that. Um, loving kindness and compassion, you can give that to yourself, but you can also meditate on that and give that to other people and difficult people in your life, things that are going on. Right. I love that. I love the mantra idea because I think a lot of us, we need something to focus on and that's positive. And we've, we've, you know, especially when you're diagnosed or in the midst of cancer, you focus on the negative. And so I think having that mantra, just sitting there for a minute to just believe in that mantra, you know, really yeah. take it in and not just say it. Cause I think sometimes we do say it, but not really fully believe it. And I think this is where you can take a few minute, minutes in your life to really believe it, feel it in your body, right? Like, you know, and I think that's great. Mm -hmm. um, and I love how you're, you're mentioning this to practice this. And I think I'm, and I love like building your own mantra, right? Like finding your own mantra and, and it could change, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on the it time period or right mm -hmm. the day. I love that. Um so you have an upcoming session for Survivor. Now, so let's let's talk about that. You know, you mentioned that this is the second part of your practicum. Um, and what should our listeners, you know, who haven't um, um, 
seen it or seen the, you know, seen the mentions of it. Talk to us about what, what should we expect? What is this, what is this new session that we're in, what's going on? It's, uh, it's called Retreat Yourself, and it's a oh, day-long yeah. online retreat uh, okay. for cancer survivors. It's going to be on Saturday, October the 1st, and we're going to have it from 9.30 in the morning until 4.30. So it's, it's a day to take for yourself. So a lot of what I've been talking about is sometimes that's difficult, but yeah. I'm hoping that we can create a safe space together um, to really takes some time. I've, the structure of it will be, I will give talks on mind. What is mindfulness, mm-hmm. mindfulness of breath, mindfulness of body, mindfulness of emotions. So there'll be a little bit of um, talk from me. Then I will also have some guided meditations that I'll lead people through together. We'll also have some mindfulness breaks. So some opportunities for you to go off and to journal or to do a walking meditation or a standing meditation or laying and and kind of play around with the different things that work for you. Uh, We'll also have Q&A, which is always wonderful because we learn from each other. Uh, Mm -hmm. someone, Someone has a burning question. It's probably something that you've thought about yourself. So that's the format. It's going to be a sliding scale so people can pay what they may. And okay. I'm donating my time and all the donations that people give for this retreat will go to the Survivor Slim Down. Um, oh, nice. Oh, that'll be great. I think that's great because I think we can start that, you know, I think that'll be a great introduction for a lot of people who have not tried mindfulness and had, you know, some some apprehensions to it can see how open it is and, and really kind of see the benefits to it. And I love that it's a day long. I think we need to give ourselves a day, right? And I, some people might think it's too long, but I think we, you know, we do everything for everyone else. I think one day for ourselves is, is important. And I think we need to put ourselves first. So I love that it's a day long and I can uh, stow away from my, my, my child for a day and just focus <laughs> on myself. <laughs> Come join us, Jocelyn. I would love that. Yeah, it's make a space for yourself and put it on the calendar and just know that this is going to be time for you. And we'll talk a lot about the the health benefits and the scientific benefits, you know, the neuroplasticity of the brain Mm. and how how mindfulness helps with your nervous system and, and all of the kind of health things that are related to being able to sit and we'll do some stretching. I'm a yoga teacher. So we'll we'll do some stretching. We'll do some breath work. We'll do some movement as well to get us prepared. Oh, good. Good. That's even better. I, I will definitely be signing on for that because I feel like I need to get a little bit more of the stretching and, so, you know, our listeners can, you know, uh, sign up. I think we'll have some, we'll be able to provide that information at the end of the, the episode and people can, who are interested can sign up and see and, and really kind of get involved in an introduction into mindfulness and what mindfulness can offer, uh, to us. So, um, I'm, you know, I think we are, we're so excited to have you and thank you so much for being a part of this uh, community and also being on the show. So thank you so much, Tara, for, for everything. Thank you, Jocelyn. I'm honored. Thanks for taking the time with me. Thank you again, Tara, for being on the show. As mentioned, 
Tara is hosting a one-day online retreat on October 1st from 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called Retreat Yourself. This event will provide the basics of mindfulness meditation, including some yoga and meditation practices. All levels of meditation experience are welcomed. Payment will be on a sliding scale and all proceeds will support our Survivor Slim Down program. If you are interested, please register on our website, survivor.org slash events. If you want to connect with Tara or learn more about her journey, check out her webpage, taracasagrande.com. You can also follow her on Instagram, TC Yoga Mindfulness. Thank you for listening.